Hello and welcome back to Collegiate Jam, Season 3, Episode 35. I am your host, K-State Sam, saying it's time to talk more college basketball matchups for the college basketball season. That's right, tonight, my co-host, Chris Gear and Thomas Brimer will be joining me to preview college basketball games between February 13th and February 18th. We will also be previewing some of the bubble teams according to Joe Lenardi. So please stay tuned and get ready for Season 3, Episode 35 here on Collegiate Jam with your host, K-State Sam. Hey, everybody. Just a quick ad. If you haven't already, please take a moment and follow us on Twitter at Collegiate Jam. Again, that's at C-O-L-L-E-G-I-A-T-E-J-A-M. Again, if you like what you hear and you'd like to be a frequent subscriber here on our podcast, then just go ahead and go to Twitter, follow us, and you can listen to all of our new episodes that are each week and tune into all of our picks and upsets here on Collegiate Jam with your host, K-State Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collegiate Jam, Season 3, Episode 35. I am your host, K-State Sam. Again, tonight we have my two very special co-hosts with me, Chris Gear, the Iowa State alumni slash lifelong fan, and Thomas Brimer, the lifelong Texas A&M Aggie slash Houston Cougar. We'll start with Thomas because I haven't talked to him in a while. Thomas, how are you doing on this Monday, February 12, 2024 at 5.46 p.m. Mountain Time? That's right, Sam. I'm doing great. It was a nice sunny day here outside, uh, melting all the snow off, so ready to chat some college basketball. Awesome, man. Awesome. You know, I we got a lot of rain down here in Austin over the weekend, and today was a nice sunny day with hardly any clouds in the sky, if if any, but kind of a like a like a windy wind chill. So. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to talk some hoops with you too. Now, Chris, how are you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. It's getting warmer here as well. So define warmer there, like 25. (laughs) It's like in the forties and fifties. So it's warm. Nice. Um, Well, that's what I like to hear. I just felt bad for the people in the Northeast because they're supposed to get slammed, uh, tonight. So got to pray for, uh, you know, that safe travels up there. So that's right. I saw something earlier about the Rhode Island game um, being delayed, like being postponed or something due to a lot of snow up in Rhode Island area. So, all right. Well, real quick before we take a short break, Thomas, what was your huge takeaway from last week? Uh, last week's college basketball, specifically Monday, the, um, what was it? The the fifth through the eleventh, something like that. What what was your big takeaway? Well, Sam, that's too easy of a question. With my Aggies getting a big win over Tennessee at home, uh, you know we led wire to wire the whole game. 
Uh, most of the game by double digits um, by over 20 for a good majority of the second half. So to me, A&M is one of those teams that's starting to peak at the right time like we did last year. Hey, as long as you do not see Penn State in your bracket, I feel like it could be a a nice a nice first weekend for you. That being said, a lot of basketball to be played. Had y'all not beaten Tennessee, I would almost feel like y'all were just, y'all were on the right side of the bubble, but just barely. But now I feel like y'all are comfortably in, unless you just completely face plant like Wisconsin. Chris, what was your big takeaway? I probably had to go with Florida beating Auburn. I mean, Auburn's been on fire, as we know. They're 12 ranked, I believe. Looks like Kugel had a great game for Florida. He had 20 points, and Pullen had 19 points. And oh, wait a second. Yeah, Kugel had 22. And Clayton had 20. So, yeah, three guys scoring 20 points. Florida is a dangerous team. You know, they went into Kentucky and beat them. So, I think that'll help them out tremendously because I, I think they're one of the teams that I think they're on the, on the bubble. I'm not sure. They are. They definitely are. I think uh, right now Lenardi has them as a um, last four by, but um, this is also from Saturday and, and we're going to uh, take a short break in just a second. But so my, my big takeaway, which I am very biased, but it took me a while to think about it. K state literally needed to pull a rabbit out of their uh, out of a hat, and uh, and and Jerome Tang, man, um, what what negative things can can someone say about Jerome Tang? I mean, come on, he's eleven and zero in overtime. In my opinion, I'm not. I don't want to downgrade K State's win over KU. KU, when they're away from the fog, they're a top. They're they're ranked twenty or worse. Uh, they're, they're like one in five or something from a, a one in five in Big Twelve play. I think or one in four in Big Twelve play away from the fog. I think they're two and five or something like that overall with a road win at Indiana. But they're just they're not very good away from. I know it's hard to win on the road in college basketball, but the difference between elite teams and teams that you know are about uh, near the bubble or whatever, you win on the road in college basketball. And KU is not winning on the road. I think they've lost to West Virginia on the road. Iowa State on the road, K State on the road, and Central Florida on the road, and, and and those are inexcusable. But but regardless, K State in a rival game, th- those games are always going to be dogfights, and K State somehow pulled it out in overtime again, and so that was my huge takeaway was seeing my cats survive at home, getting Jerome Tang to eleven or no in overtime, and moving our you know, still long ways to go, but, uh, you know, helping our tournament hopes. So K-State winning against number four KU last week in the Dylan Sunflower Showdown was my big takeaway. But on that note, we're going to take a short microscopic size break. And when we come back, my two co-hosts, Chris Gear and Thomas Brimer, are going to dive into Joe Lenardi's most recent, most recent, excuse me, um, bracketology bubble from this past Saturday. January, uh, February the 10th. You are listening to Collegiate Jam with K-State Sam. We are back on Season 3, Episode 35 of Collegiate Jam. I am your host, KSU Sam. 
We're going to move into the next segment of tonight's show, the Joe Nardi Bracketology ESPN Bubble. And this was most recently updated on, let's see, um, Saturday, but I'm quickly checking to see if anything was updated. One moment for suspense. All right. Let's see if anything is updated. Nope. All right. Well, we're going to stick to the most recent bracketology from Joe Lenardi on this past Saturday, February the 10th. This is Joe Lenardi's bubble. Last four buys. And again, for the listeners out there, when it says last four buys, that is all the teams that do not play in Dayton in the play-in games. So if you're not playing in Dayton in a play-in game, you get a bye to the first round. So here's the last four buys, according to Joe Inardi. Boise State, TCU, Butler, Florida. Last four in. Mississippi State, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Seton Hall. First four out. Wake Forest. Cincinnati, St. Joe's, or St. John's, sorry, St. John's, Nevada, next four out. Colorado, Gonzaga, Providence, Oregon. And then teams that are being considered Xavier, Villanova, Memphis, Kansas State. Now, guys, according to the college basketball let's see here college basketball net a lot of these teams have nets that are not very good like right now according to monday february the 12th kansas state's net is 76 they are the most surprising team for me just to still be in this with a net of 76 with a with a, uh, a quad one record of two and five guys. And that's not going to get the job done, especially with one loss in the quad three to Oklahoma State. Thomas, out of this bubble of Joe Lenardi's bracketology, who, who sticks out to you and who do you think has the best chance to get into the tournament com- comfortably come Selection Sunday, according to Joe Lenardi's current bubble? Well, Sam, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. Um, you know, I will say I think Nebraska's had a couple good wins recently, so it's good to see them finally be uh, considered, you know, in uh, Florida, as Chris mentioned, had a nice win earlier. Um, so they're finally in. Um I don't know, though, Sam. It's kind of tough to see. I could see uh, Gonzaga sneaking in. I could see Colorado making their way in. Uh, They got a couple superstars on their team. Um, So, I don't know. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. I'm kind of surprised to see Ole Miss has kind of slipped to the last four in, but they have not looked very good in conference play so far. So, I could definitely see them falling out uh, and having somebody take their spot. Good, good. Uh 
good comments, Thomas. And before we get to Chris's real quick, I wanted to, um, let's see here. Let's see if I'm able to pull it up based on my drafts. I cannot. But uh, uh, I was looking, so earlier today during my lunch break, I was looking at teams on the bubble that, you know, obviously are ahead of K-State that we need to lose. So, like, TCU plays tonight against West Virginia. I think it's about to tip off actually right now. West Virginia, could, if they win, that would be huge for us, even though we still got to play TCU because it would give them a bad loss. Um, Gonzaga only has one quad one win. Let's see, Gonzaga should be around here. It was against, it was against Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, it was against yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. And so they're uh, right here. Their net is 24 right now, but they only have one quad. They're one in five in quad one games, but it's because they don't have a bad record right now. So their net is strong, but that's what is ridiculous in my opinion. Sorry if you're a Zags fan. But they have one quad one win, but they're five and zero against quad three, where K State's three and one. So that's that's where it, what hurts us. Anyways, Chris, according to Joe Nardi's bracketology, what what sticks out to you? And same question for you as Thomas had. Um, who do you think can make a deep run in the month of February to get themselves comfortably in the field? Um. For the last four buys, Butler has been pretty impressive. They just had a great road victory at Creighton. So, I mean, Creighton's very good this year. Florida is also a dangerous team. Just beat Kentucky and, you know, play A&M tough. Last four in, I'm not really, you know, confident in Mississippi State. That's just me. I know they beat Auburn earlier in the season, and they've won their past two games, but Georgia and, and uh, Mizzou beating Caleb Grill, my boy. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Nebraska. Obviously, Fred Hoiberg is doing great things. Our old coach, Seton Hall, is another impressive team in the Big East. The Big East has been really impressive, kind of like the Mountain West. They have just a lot of talent, you know, in that upper, in the upper standings. Um, just trying to think. First four out, I know that. St. John's Center is really good. It's Cincinnati. They, they, they've been just so close to winning huge games. They played Houston tough, Kansas tough, Texas tough. I'm sure they'll play us tough tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I just feel bad for Cincinnati. And next four out, I mean, yeah, it's crazy to see Gonzaga on there. But just like you said, Sam, they only have one quad one victory and what four or five losses yep yep they were zero and five before that uh that kentucky win and they come from don't get me wrong they have one or two teams that are decent in the conference like saint mary's and stuff uh, you know yes but yeah. are you kidding me i mean the reason that they're still only the, the reason they're still not even last four in after a road win at kentucky Show like just being next four out shows how weak they are, but the fact that their net's twenty four out of like three hundred is ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I think, and 
obviously TCU uh, has has deserved that last four buys, you know, beating Baylor and triple overtime there in Waco. And TCU just has some great talent. So that really doesn't surprise me on that. So, yeah. I think TCU is going to play their way out of the tournament. They're losing right now yeah. to West Virginia. So, all right. Well, guys, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to dive into – I have modified it since I'm a special education teacher. I practice my modifying skills and modified this, the, the podcast picks for this week. Instead of 20 games, we're doing 10. So we're going to come back and after our break and drive into the 10 games for this week on Collegiate Jams, 10 games slate – through February 13th through February the 18th. You are listening to Collegiate Jam Season 3, Episode 35 with your host, K-State Sam. Welcome back to Collegiate Jam. We're going to move ahead to our final segment of tonight's show, the 10-game slate of college basketball that Collegiate Jam has chosen in the week of February 13th through February the 18th. Our first game tonight that we're going to talk about, our first game, we have Tuesday, February the 13th, and I need to pull it up real quick. Tuesday, February 13th, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tick-tick-tock, February the 13th. 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We have the 10th-ranked Iowa State Cyclones come calling to 5th, 3rd Arena in Cincinnati, Ohio to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats. And again, this game is on ESPN2. I have Cincinnati winning this game at home even though I'm cheering for Iowa State because I think it'd be better for K-State if Iowa State wins this game. But give me Cincinnati to win this. Chris, we'll go with you first. Chris, who do you have winning between your Cyclones and Cincinnati? Boo. That's a big boo for you. Um, Cincinnati, just like we talked about, they're so close to winning a big game. I mean, they're at home and they just played Houston really really tough so I'm kind of scared for this one just because Cincinnati just they are anxious and want to get on the win column but uh they're one of their best players Lakin hasn't been playing very well the past couple games I believe he didn't have any points against Houston so that was alarming to see Iowa State I mean our defense looked amazing against TCU on Saturday we uh they, they got nine turnovers against us. The, just the thing with Iowa State is we, we go through these scoring droughts. I, I know it, like every team has them, but it's like once we go on these scoring droughts, it's it, we it's hard to find that guy to get us out. Usually it's Momchilovich is our best pure scorer. T- uh, Taman Lipsy was kind of that guy last game, but he got into early foul trouble. As long as Lipsy can stay out of foul trouble and uh, – so like I said, Momchilovich is hitting threes. Uh, Kashawn Gilbert is getting to the rim like he does. 
I think we'll I think we'll win this one in Cincinnati because we're playing hot right now. We're number ten in the nation. So well, you got a big old target on your back too. So we do. I know. All right, Thomas, who do you have winning between Iowa State and Cincinnati? Yeah, I think this one's going to be a close one. Um, like Chris said, Cincinnati's been right there in so many games. You look at their schedule, they beat BYU. They lost to Texas by one. They lost to Baylor by three. Uh, then they beat TCU. They lost to OU by four. They lost to Kansas by five. They lost to Houston by five. I mean, they're right there in all these games. So it's definitely not going to be an easy matchup. Um, but in the end, I think, you know, Iowa State's been looking like a real – uh, solid team. Uh, I think they've won five out of their last six with some impressive wins as well. Um, so I think the Cyclones are going to be just too much for the Bearcats in the end. Again, I hope y'all are right and I'm wrong because I think it helps K-State more, especially because we're just going to sit on our couches this week and just get ready to drink orange vanilla Cokes as March is coming. All right. Well, our second game we're talking about tonight, our second game, Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. The 11th ranked South Carolina Gamecocks come calling to Neville Arena in Auburn, Alabama to take on the 13th ranked Auburn Tigers. Guys, give me Auburn to win this game at home. Thomas, who do you have winning, South Carolina or Auburn? Sam, this one's intriguing. You know, South Carolina is really one of those teams that not a lot many people were expecting um, to have a great season, but they've really just looked solid uh, with wins over Kentucky and Tennessee and in, in SEC play. Um, they also, you know, they had a close win over uh, Ole Miss. Um, they did get blown out of the gym by Alabama. Um, but other than that, they just look solid. You know, they just win games. Um, Murray Boyles has been a, a real shining star the past couple games. You know, he, he put up 31 uh, last game, and in addition to the, the boards, he's normally their leader on the boards. Um, but Auburn's a really, really good team. You know, the thing that's tough about Auburn is even if they get in foul trouble, they're so deep uh, that I think they're still going to give you trouble. You know, they got broom inside. Uh, their big man, and then Jalen Williams is is their athletic forward, um, and then they get I got a couple guards who all share the rock and can give you buckets. Uh, I think it's going to be too much for South Carolina to win all on the road, though. So give me Auburn. Great pick, Chris. Who do you have winning this game? Yeah, this will be probably the best game on your list because South Carolina has won their past seven games, I believe, and they're just very, very, very hot. Like uh, like blistering hot. I don't know Auburn. They had a tough loss. I mean, but good lord, by uh, sixteen points against Florida. So they they want to get back and take care of business at home. But South Carolina just has some studs right now playing for them, and just like you, Thomas said, a guy against Vanderbilt at thirty-one points. So South Carolina is playing at a level that. You know, most teams can't get to. So I'm going to go to the Gamecocks. All right. And I think Auburn was down by like 30 at one point to Florida, I think. So, all right. The third game we're going to talk about on tonight's slate. The third game, 
Thursday, February the 15th, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Big Ten Network. We have the Minnesota Golden Gophers come calling to Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, Indiana to take on the number two ranked Purdue Boilermakers. Chris, Purdue will win, but they'll only win by like 10 points because I feel like Minnesota is going to fight, and this is a game where Purdue will win, but it might have that letdown kind of feel. Well, it'll feel like a letdown, but they still get the win. So give me Purdue to win by like 8 to 10 points. Chris, who do you have winning, Minnesota or Purdue? Minnesota's going to fight for the right, the party. Um, I would probably say Purdue in this one. Garcia is good for Minnesota, but Purdue, I mean, we know Zach Eady does his thing every night. Um, I mean, Purdue is, um, what am I trying to say here? They, they have other talent besides Zach Eady as well. Um, Smith. Braden Smith. So, I mean, it's it's like Hilton, you know. Winning at Mackey Arena doesn't happen very often. So, I'm going to go Purdue in this one. All right. Thomas, who do you have winning between Minnesota and Purdue? Yeah, Sam, I got Purdue. I mean, like uh, Chris said, they the Golden Gophers, they do have Dawson Garcia, big man. You know, he's 6'11", 230, so they have a little bit of size to try to contain Edie. But, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's likely going to win his second National Player of the Year. Um, on top of that, as Chris mentioned as well, Braden Smith, uh, I think he's really underrated. You know, this guy averages 7.1 assists in college. You don't really see that too much from college guards. And then on top of that, he's also giving you almost six rebounds. Um, I think on most teams, he would probably be the best player. So give me the Boilermakers to win big. Ooh, Thomas says big. We'll see. We'll see. All right, the fourth game, the fourth game on our slate. Saturday, February the 17th, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. The Texas Tech Red Raiders come calling to Hilton Coliseum in Ames, Iowa to take on the 10th-ranked Iowa State Cyclones. Guys, I have Iowa State protecting home court specifically because I think, again, I think Cincinnati gets them tomorrow night, and I think Texas Tech will knock off the the Chicken Hawks tonight in Lawrence, or not Lawrence, in Lubbock. And uh, and so Texas Tech will be riding a high coming into Ames, but we'll hit a brick wall and lose it on the road to the Cyclones. Chris, who do you have winning, Texas Tech or your Cyclones? This will be a close one. Texas Tech is currently, I believe, tied for third with Baylor in the Big 12 race right now. Let's see one. Um, you know, both six and four in conference. So Tech really needs to take care of business, you know, against Kansas. Kansas can't win on the road to save their life. Um, but again, it's Hilton Coliseum. We haven't lost at home. So it's it just going to be a matter of how we can contain Pop Isaacs and Joe Toussaint, the ex-Iowa Hawkeye. So, you know, the fans will be riding him all game. So, but yeah, I'm going to go on my Cyclones. All right. Great 
pick. Thomas, who do you have winning between Texas Tech and Iowa State? Man, I don't want to spoil the party, but Texas Tech, uh, like Chris said, I think Pop Isaac's like a microwave, man. I call him popcorn because he pops off. But anyways, um, no, at the end of the day, I think Iowa State's going to be too much at home, if I'm being honest. Uh, they have so many different guys who, who – can put up points like Chris said they're more of a defensive first team and they can have kind of some scoring drives occasionally but I mean uh, Gilbert can give you points uh, of course Momsilovich, uh, Lipsy, King I mean there's just so many you know they they don't have like one or two guys they're pretty balanced so I mean Cyclones to protect home court all right great pick guys okay the fifth game we're talking about the fifth game Saturday, February the 17th, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The Fighting Texas Aggies come calling to Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa, Alabama to take on the 15th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Thomas, we'll start with you because you're an Aggie. I have Alabama winning at home, protecting home court, but I do think Wade Taylor will score at least 20 points. Who do you have winning, Thomas, Texas A&M, or Alabama? Sam, as much as I want to pick my Aggies, I think this is one that I'm going to have to take the Crimson Tide, unfortunately, as as much as that burns me inside. I mean, uh, Mark Mark Sears is looking like potentially the SEC player of the year, um, averaging over 20 points on over 50% from the field. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, Alabama, their offense is really high-powered. And uh, A&M is also one of those teams that can have, like, really bad scoring droughts. Uh, Wade, Wade Taylor, he needs that sidekick, and Boots Radford has been that guy lately. Um, but, I mean, Alabama scores 90 a game. I, I don't really know if A&M can keep up with them, especially on the road. So, give me the tie to win a close one against my act. All right. All right. Chris, who do you have winning, Alabama at home or tech, or the road Texas A&M Aggies. It's really tempting to pick A&M, obviously, because they beat Tennessee by 16 points. Um, Wade Taylor had 25 points, Radford at 27. So, I mean, if Taylor can get his sidekick, Radford, I mean, the sky's the limit for A&M. But um, Alabama has a very fast-paced run-and-gun offense. So, it's a going to have to limit their turnovers and stay composed. But I'm going to go A&M in this one. Give me the upset. Let's do it. Wow. Wow. All right. I like it, Chris. I like it. All right. The sixth game we're talking about, guys. Sixth game. Saturday, February 17th, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern, ESPNU. The TCU Horn Frogs come calling to Bramwich Coliseum, a.k.a. the Octagon of Doom, in Manhattan, Kansas, to take on the Kansas State Wildcats. Guys, this is the battle of the purple teams, and I can't believe I just said that because TCU is not purple. But um, give me K-State to protect home court, and after having a week off from playing basically a late-night game when all the K-Staters were wearing the pajamas. But this game will be – some students might still be in their pajamas and be a little hungover for an 11 a.m. game, but that doesn't matter. The Cats will win this game against the Frogs. 
Chris, who do you have winning, the Frogs or the Wildcats? If TC was in purple, then what are they? It's like a, it's like a, like a, a kind of a bright, 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 bright blue. Whatever. Um, I'm gonna go K State in this one. Octagon of Doom. They don't lose there, just like Cyclones and Hilton. Um, K State just really needs to put together some wins if they want to make a, you know, a, a chance in Joe Lenardi's bubble. So Tyler Perry and, and Kaluma, Cam Carter, Will McNair Jr. I think they're really solid players. They just, I mean, I watched the Kansas game and that was such a low scoring, just kind of ugly game. K-State really needs to limit their turnovers and hopefully Tang will get on them for that. But give me uh, K-State. Great pick, Chris. All right, Thomas, who do you have winning? TCU or K-State? Oh, I got the purple team. That's a good pick. No, uh, man, this one's tough. Um, K-State is always really tough at home. Um, but you look at their, their past couple games, and they've only their only win uh, out of their last six was at home versus Kansas. Um, they had a bad loss versus OU at home, uh, a couple losses against tough, you know, really good teams on the road. Um, but, but this is a must win, in my opinion, for K-State. So I think they do protect home court and uh, keep their tournament chances alive with the win. I love it. I love it, guys. I love it. And uh, we'll be doing our next basketball show on Sunday night and previewing K-State's game against Texas and Austin big Monday, next Monday, which will also be a must win. All right, the seventh game we're talking about, guys, the seventh game, Saturday, February 17th, 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The ninth-ranked Duke Blue Devils come calling to Donald L. Tucker Center in – Tallahassee, Florida, to take on Florida State. Guys, Florida State with an upset at home. Give me the, the give me the Seminoles to get an upset over Duke. Who do you have winning, Thomas? Wow, big upset. Okay, uh, not that high on the Seminoles. You know they've they've had a couple wins. Uh, they got blown out by Florida to start the season. They played North Carolina close. They they had a nice win over um, Colorado. Uh, you know, they've strung together. It looks like recently they, they've, uh, they've lost three out of their last four. So that's not good for them. Um, tough loss at home versus Virginia. Um, their only win was against Boston college recently. So give me Duke, uh, Filipowski's a phenomenal scorer. Um, I'm kind of their do it all guys. So give me the blue devil. Oh, Oh, Ooh, okay. Thomas going with the, the 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 color like like the team that has TCU's color but not as bright. All right, Chris, who do you have winning between Duke and Florida State? Yeah, I'm not too high on Florida State either. I mean, they started the year off really hot, beating teams like Wake Forest and um, Miami, but they lost to Louisville. Louisville is not very good, so. I, mean, I think this will be a competitive game because they've shown they can play teams like North Carolina tough. But, yeah, Flabowski and Roach, these guys are really good. So give me Duke. All right. Guys, the eighth game, the eighth game, 
Saturday, February 17th, 1.15 p.m. Central Time, 2.15 p.m. Eastern on the Big Ten Network. 20th ranked Wisconsin comes calling to the Carver Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City, Iowa to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Guys, Iowa is going to keep the train moving, and that train meaning moving backwards for the, the Badgers. The Badgers have lost four in a row. Make it five in a row, guys. Make it five in a row. Iowa gets the win at home against the Badgers. Chris, who do you have winning, Wisconsin or Iowa? Yeah, Wisconsin definitely is hitting a rough patch, you know, losing to Rutgers. And I, Iowa's had a disappointing season for the talent they've had. They're 14 and 10 right now, and they just lost at Penn State. That game I thought they could have won and got back on the right track. But yeah, Perkins, their point guard, I mean, he, he can really be hot or just really be off. It's like hot and cold. Peyton Sanford has been shooting the ball tremendously this year for Iowa. And he's from Waukee, which is really cool. That's where I live right now. So Owen Freeman, he's a, he's really coming on. He's really growing. He's a freshman, 6'10", 230 pounds from, from a Moline, Illinois. But he had a great game against Minnesota recently. So I think Iowa will, will get the job done at home in Iowa City. Give me the Hawks, unfortunately. Great pick, Chris. Great pick. I love it. All right, Thomas, who do you have winning, Wisconsin or Iowa? Well, Sam, I, I want to go with the upset on this one, but I, I do think the Badgers get the train going back in uh, the forward direction here. Um, you know, that Wisconsin was real hot for a minute, and a lot of people thought they would be a one or potentially, you know, as high as a one, likely like a two seed in the, in the tournament, but, but – uh, as y'all have mentioned, they've, they've kind of hit a rough patch, um, losing their last four. But I do think they get back on track. Uh, the key is going to be their defense here as Iowa averages almost 85 points a game. Um, so they'll definitely need to string together some stops. Um, but giving the Badgers to get back on track. Boo. Okay, guys, the ninth game. The ninth game. Saturday, February 17th, 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The sixth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks, a.k.a. the, the Chicken Hawks, come calling to Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, Oklahoma to take on the 25th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Guys, KU's going to lose again on the road. They're going to lose tonight in Lubbock, and they're going to lose Saturday in Norman. And they're just going to keep falling down the the ranks. And and after they lose those two games, they'll be seven and six, and they'll probably move to like eighth ranked because they're KU. They'll still be in the top ten with back to back losses. But give me Oklahoma to win this game, Chris. Who do you have winning, KU or Oklahoma? Yeah, I, I like Oklahoma. I like McCollum. He's a great point guard for them. The Siena transfer. Oklahoma is six and five in conference. They, you know, if they lose this one, they, you know, they don't want to be 500. They want to stay um, in the winning side. They're, you know, they're kind of dropping. They're, they're below Texas Tech right now in the, in the big 12 race, even though Texas Tech isn't ranked, they're still above Oklahoma. So yeah, Oklahoma at home is a very tough team. I mean, they blew out BYU recently 
82 to 66. So I, I think Kansas, I mean, Bill Self is going to get them ready for this game. Like just, just put their history on the road this year, but Oklahoma, I, I'm picking the Sooners. Alrighty. Alrighty. Thomas, who do you have winning KU or Oklahoma? I'm going with the blue blood here. Um, you know, I, I honestly personally have not been that high on Oklahoma this year. I think uh, they kind of had a couple games that propelled them to a higher ranking than maybe where they should be. Um, I think they're a little overrated. And uh, I, a big question mark will be if McCuller's back for that game or not. That might be the deciding factor. But given the Jayhawks, I think uh, Bill Self is probably going to make a, a point to get some road wins in the Big 12 to try to tighten up that resume for a top seed in the tournament. Top seed? I'll be surprised if they have. I predict KU will have a four or five seed come selection Sunday. Y'all heard it here first. All right, guys, the 10th game we're talking about tonight, 10th and final game, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Sunday, February 18th, 12 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. We have the number two ranked Purdue Boilermakers come calling to value City Arena in Columbus, Ohio, to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Guys, short and to the point, Purdue big. Purdue big. Thomas, who do you have winning, Purdue or Ohio State? I'm riding the wave. Purdue big. All right, Chris? Purdue big. All right, show's over. No. Ohio State, they're like Iowa. They're, you know, 14 and 10. They just have kind of been a letdown. Thornton has been a great player for Ohio State. They they finally got a victory against Maryland in double overtime. So, yeah, just the Buckeyes have been struggling. And this team used to be a powerhouse. You couldn't really win a lot of games in Columbus in the old days, back when they had Kraft. It broke my heart against, you know, the tournament. Um. But yeah, give me Purdue in this one. Zach Eady is going to carry his team to victory. All right. Well, well, guys, that concludes the 10-game slate here on Collegiate Jams. Season 3, Episode 35, picks from the week of February 13th through February 18th. Any final – Thomas, any final words for the listeners out there? Make it a great week. All right. Chris? I, I'm just I'm trying to follow, like, the mid-major schools to see, you know, who's really hot right now. South Florida is a team that is really surprising, you know, in Florida Atlantic's conference. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how the Bulls do. But, yeah, South Florida is looking really good right now. And, and, and like, teams like Moorhead State, um, Sanford, Sanford, Sanford. Um, so, yeah, it's just fun to see these mid-major teams do really well. So we'll see how they do in March, though. All right. Well, I want to take a moment to thank my two co-hosts, as I always do. Uh, thank you, Thomas and Chris, for coming on the show, using some of y'all's time to, uh, in your life to come on here and bring your expertise. Couldn't be Collegiate Jam without y'all. Uh, the next episode here on Collegiate Jam will be this Thursday – February the 16th, 2024, it'll be Season 3, Episode 36, and it will be the College Baseball Conference Preview Part 3 
and we will preview the remaining 11 climbers we have not previewed yet and um, as college baseball opens up this Friday. So again, that's that's Collision Jam Season 3, Episode 36, and that's this coming Thursday, February the 16th, 2024. And then our next college basketball episode will be this coming Sunday night, um, February the 18th, 2024, and that'll be Season 3, Episode 37. So again, thanks for taking time to tune in. And as always, you are listening to Collegiate Jam with your host, K-State Sam, saying good night.